You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone and welcome to another interesting episode of the Ask Drone You News Edition. Joining me as always from the dark side of the moon and back, the Flying Dutchman. Well, he has been on journeys and adventures that some of us have or could never imagine. Which brings me to our first bit of news, which is an interesting one. Even, well, a connection to how we work here at DroneU. Because one of the philosophies about our training programs is that it's so easy your 93-year-old grandmother could do it. Well, it looks like 93-year-old grandmothers have quite the point to prove. Haya, what do you have there, buddy? Hey, man, how are you? Yeah, this is a cool story. Um, a 93-year-old woman was rescued on October 11th uh, after having been missing for three hours she was found within four minutes by using a drone with a thermal camera. So just let that sink in, right? I mean, this happens uh, at 8.30 p.m. So you're going into the evening, into the night, basically. You have a 93-year-old woman who's lost, and she was lost in a uh, pretty dark farmland, and she's been missing for three hours. They send a drone up in the air with a thermal camera, and within four minutes, they locate her, they bring her back home safely. She was exhausted. She had been lost, but otherwise she was in good shape. And you have another person, I mean, people probably won't say, oh, you have another life saved because she wasn't in any immediate danger. But then again, I mean, if uh, temperatures are dropping around the country as they are at uh, this time of year, uh, you might wonder if somebody would actually make it through the night when they're at this uh, advanced age. So um, I just want to highlight this story because I think it's important with drones getting so affordable, even drones with thermal cameras being so affordable nowadays. I think that every search and rescue organization, fire department, police department, any first responder basically should have a drone, preferably with a thermal camera for situations like these. I mean, drones make this work so easy. And, and what's the alternative, right? You wouldn't be able to save somebody's life because you couldn't spend 3000 bucks on a thermal drone. Um, I think those days are gone. I think everybody needs a thermal drone now. Couldn't agree more, Hi. I couldn't agree more. It showcases the power of drones like the Mavic 2 Enterprise Duel, drones like the Autel Evo 2 Duel, which we hope to get our hands on here soon, and also showcases, well, the benefit of other drones that can carry a payload like the X-T2, the M600, the M300 series. What fantastic aircraft. Well, that brings us actually to our next story as DJI makes it in the news once again. The Mavic Mini 2, or should we call it the Mini 2? It looks like Best Buy pilots, well, may have a whole new meaning because it doesn't just mean that they're brand new pilots. Well, it could insinuate something completely different as well. And that's what Haya is going to tell us about. But also, what's really interesting here, Haya, is it seems like the Mini 2 is quite the drone for being as small and lightweight as it is. I mean, talk about the power of that little drone. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's really crazy. I mean, uh, let's let's back up a little bit. I mean, uh, yesterday somebody was able to buy a DJI Mini 2 at Best Buy. Uh, it seems that Best Buy is taking the prime position now instead of uh, Osita LV when it comes to leaking DJI information. I mean, these guys are serious. They put them in their stores and let people buy these drones. We had this one video which pretty much disclosed all the information, but just now today there was a second video that was posted online by a YouTuber who's just starting out it seems. I think he has like 150 subscribers and he just did this uh, unboxing video of the DJI Mavic Mini. I know he also bought it at Best Buy. So thumbs up for uh, to Best Buy. I think uh, whenever we suspect a new DJI product is about to be launched, we should send people out into the fields to Best Buy stores to see what they can get their hands on. But going back to the point that you made that the DJI Mavic Mini 2 is actually quite a powerhouse. I think you're right. I mean, the two, well, maybe three main things that this drone now brings to the table is first of all, yeah, I got 4K video capabilities, and secondly, you get OcuSync 2.0. So now all of a sudden, rather than using Wi-Fi to control this drone, you're able to use OcuSync. And based on my own experience flying the Mavic 2 Pro and the Zoom and the Mavic Air 2, with OcuSync, you can pretty much just position your drone anywhere in the air where you want in, in terms of shooting videos and photos and really not have to worry much about the transmission signal. It's been pretty amazing what these drones have been able to do. And if the DJI Mavic Mini or, or Mini 2 is uh, is able to give a similar performance, then for sure you have a powerhouse. I mean, this drone is going to weigh less than 250 grams, which means that as a recreational pilot in the United States, you don't have to register the drone. But in other countries, I believe England and Canada, for sure, you're able to fly this drone without any kind of license. So if you're a, an international traveler, you like to take drones with you to get this amazing footage and photos, then the Mini 2 for sure is a drone you should look into. In terms of the form factor, they really haven't changed the drone at all. Um, the props are slightly different. The motors are slightly different. The battery is a little less powerful, pretty much still the same size though. So the drone doesn't really look any different from the previous one. It's just the features that the drone brings to the table are uh, a massive step up compared to the original one. So Haya, it seems like the Mini 2 is actually like a Mavic Pro, but it's less than 250 grams. Is, is that about right? Yeah, with yeah, almost. I mean, the, first of all, you get the Mavic Air 2 that's kind of bumping up against the Mavic 2 Pro, right? I mean, that's kind of pushing the, the Pro or making the Pro almost for, for most people pointless to, to spend the additional money on. I mean, unless you're really into low light performance for photography and videography. Now you get the Mini 2 pushing up against the Mavic Air 2. I mean, uh, it's the same thing for half the money. You get not all the performance, but you get 75% or maybe even 80% of the performance. So yeah, I mean, DJI has no issues uh, cannibalizing on their own products when they uh, bring new drones to the market, it seems. Wow. Well, this is kind of exciting, honestly, to see uh, such a capable drone below 250 grams. There's a lot to be said about that, Haya. A lot. And I think um, I think this might reinvigorate a lot of pilots out there to have a drone that's going to be safe to fly just because it has better connections and whatnot. You know, I hope, again, yes. that we can see an attitude mode in something like one of these drones. I feel like one of the one things that's really missing, I know how to force it. Uh, but, you know, I would like to be able to see that as just an option. Uh, that being said, in our next piece of news, it seems like the FAA has, well, once again, called the roundtable of, that's right, no one who's a practical drone pilot to do some more regulatory research. Haya, what do you have here, buddy? 
Yeah, last week we had a, a virtual deck meeting. Those meetings happen only a few times a year. The last one for 2020 uh, was last week and it was a virtual event. Two and a half hours worth of information on drones and regulations. If you have that kind of time to watch the entire thing on YouTube, they did record it. So it's there for you to watch if you want to. I think the key highlights that I, I kind of want to get across here are the following. First of all, remote ID for drones is coming. It's still on track. It's still happening. So um, I'm not expecting any major change changes, even though we don't like what they've proposed, but it seems that we're pretty much going to get the whole thing uh, towards the end of this year. Secondly, part 135, there are three more companies next to UPS, Wing and Amazon that are ready to get their part 135 certificate, which would allow them to fly packages by drone and deliver them to consumers throughout the country. So that's a big deal. We don't know the names, but this is coming shortly as well. And then thirdly, during the deck committee, the FEA had been working with a task group to see if remote ID for drones somehow would be able to uh, provide information for manned aviation that are flying their aircraft or helicopters low to the ground. There's a lot of discussion still there. There wasn't a lot of information as to whether this was uh, perceived to be a great idea or not. Uh, some people from manned aviation say, well, hey, we already have so much stuff in the cockpit that we need to pay attention to. We should be spending 80% of our time looking through the windshield outside and making sure that, uh, that we're not flying into anything. So not everybody was too excited about that, but the FAA is still looking Looking into that. And the next FEA meeting, uh, I believe, is February 20th uh, next year. So that's it for the DEC committee. Well, sounds good, Haya. Appreciate the updates on that. I know everyone in the industry really does appreciate the updates on that. In our next piece of news, though, as we have talked about recently in asking many difficult questions that, well, questions about how drones are operated, questions about how we control aircraft and how that may comply or may not comply with, well, part 107. And we're not sure that the FAA has really gone all the way uh, down this rabbit hole or not, which brought us to the point of asking the question of, are Skydio drones legal? Which in our next piece of news is quite the big question. Because under 14 CFR 107.19 section C and section E and 14 CFR 107.23 section, well, a lot of sections. A lot of those sections talk about how you're supposed to be able to essentially stop the aircraft at any time from causing an undue hazard to other people, other property, and even other aircraft. Which begs the question of, you know, when you're flying a Skydio drone and by design, autonomy is always in control, can the pilot really stop the drone from an emergency? Sure, you have your land button on the wand or the remote or even your phone, but if you can't really stop the drone immediately without latency from hitting something in an environment that maybe the Skydio drone is having difficulty of reading, well, it begs the question of, is the drone actually legal under 107? And our goal, Haya, of asking this question is really not to poke the bear, but to really wonder if this drone is safe to operate. Because for me, Haya, what happens when a firefighter who is being avidly marketed to is flying one of these drones and has a problem, has some sort of crash, something happens, and maybe the insurance isn't going to cover that aircraft because the aircraft doesn't meet the guidelines 
of part 107. And I hope that that's not the case, but if we can avoid these problems, ask these questions and get great answers from the FAA, then well, hi, maybe we can avoid some problems and some liability for the true heroes of this country. Good points that you make there. Yeah, um, there are a couple of ways that you can fly a Skydio drone. You have the beacon, which is like the magic wand. You can fly it from an iPad or an iPhone directly, or you use the Parrot controller that Skydio uh, sells you as well. And in all in all three cases, when you fly the Skydio drone, the drone is always making real-time decisions on its own in terms of what its next step is going to be. Like, how is it going to navigate the airspace? Is it going to go around that tree on the left, below, over, on, on the right-hand side? And as you're flying the drone, you're basically just suggesting directions. But when it comes to the actual movements, the drone is in charge. Now, I spoke to somebody this week about uh, flying the Skydio. And that person actually uh, is a Part 107 pilot and has done several missions with the Skydio. And he wasn't all that excited. But I'll tell you guys more about that in an upcoming article. Uh, One thing he did point out, though, is that you can actually fly the Skydio drone in manual mode. And, of course, it's something uh, I had heard of as well. But I did dig in a little deeper and went to the Skydio uh, online support manual to see what it is that they say about manual flying. And one thing that actually uh, stood out in that manual says, when you fly the drone in manual mode, the Skydio 2, and this is quoted from their site, will smoothly route itself around obstacles, ignoring any commands that could potentially cause a collision. And I think it's right there in the wording, right? Because if you look at the FAA rules, they talk about a remote pilot in command, meaning in charge of the drone, being able to change course at any given time to avoid potential disaster, i.e. flying over people uh, and all those kinds of things. Here it says in the Skydio manual that even in the manual mode flying this drone, this drone will still ignore any commands that could potentially cause a collision. So in the end, you're still not in the driver's seat. And as you and I spoke, uh, we feel that this this is, in the end, still against the FAA rules when it comes to flying under a Part 107 certificate, because that requires you to always be in charge and always be ready to take over control of the unmanned aircraft. Now, to top this off, uh, Skydio today released their first episode of Skydio Flight School. And that's a series on YouTube. Today was the first episode. They're going to do probably about 15 more. They want to do one a week until the end of the year. So if they work through Christmas, like the FAA does, then uh, they might actually do more than uh, 15 episodes. It's interesting. I mean, the first one was just how do you land and how do you take off and how do you come down with your drone? All good and fine. It's done by uh, a girl or woman, Nicole Bonk. She's the head of flight testing at Skydio. And she did point out a couple of things that I think make a lot of sense. Like one, uh, you avoid wild you avoid thin branches and you don't fly near airports. Uh, that all seems common sense, especially with thin branches and wires. The Skydio drone in certain lighting conditions might now be able to detect those and then fly into them. Also, she says, avoid public roads and do not fly over people. And I think that part is specifically important because if you look at the design, actually, I'll just grab one here. If you look at the design of the Skydio drone, um, If this drone crashes into something, it is possible that this battery comes off. This is magnetically attached to the drone. It's a very strong magnetic connection, but it is... it is possible to come loose. And one of the stories I've heard is exactly that. Where somebody crashed the drone, the battery came off, and at that point, the battery in itself is like a flying brick falling out of the sky. So not flying your Skydio drone over people and in close proximity to branches and wires is an important thing to do. 
But that kind of makes you wonder with the new software that Skydio is coming out with. One of them is House Scan, where they do roof inspections with the Skydio 2 drone. Uh, that's kind of a tricky environment, right? Because if you look at a typical house, at least here in the northeast region of the United States, you have a lot of trees, a lot of thin branches, especially depending on the time of day, those branches might be hard to detect with a low setting sun. But also you have power lines and uh, telephone wires going to houses. So I'm interested to see how Skydio is going to tackle those situations because they're far from ideal flying situations. It does seem like contradictory statements too when a lot of the videos, um, especially some of the videos that we've seen from Skydio, are about you know flying mountain biking on trails with large trees. What about thin branches there? Or do, are they trying to say only fly during the spring and summer and not during the winter? You know, these are all important questions. And again, I think it's extremely important for the FAA to clarify, which I think it is pretty clear in all honesty. Look, the pilot has to be in control at all times. When I first asked this question about Skydio, it was more in regards of how do you stop a flyaway, right? With other drones, they're in two different flyaway situations, whether you lose GPS. With uh, other drones like DJI, you can switch the drone into adding mode, bring the drone back, problem solved. If you get the type of flyaway where you have radio interference on DJI, there's a parameter that says what to do when the remote signal is lost. And I have mine set to hover. Yeah. So that way I can walk closer to the drone, regain signal, and problem solved. And so for me, I asked a lot of questions to a lot of industry insiders, and I said, hey, really, though, you know, you know, when it comes to Skydio, if we can't stop a flyaway, is it truly a safe drone to operate? Does it really meet Part 107 guidelines? And, you know, when we first met with Skydio back in Las Vegas and shot that video with them, and I had that wand, that was a question. And, he, and when I was talking to G at the time, he said, look, you're able to control the drone and it follows the law. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. But now when I'm like, yeah, but I can't <laughs> stop a flyaway. And practically speaking, nudging the drone is not the same thing as having full control, right? We already know the problem of drone pilots having control when the drone has the reverse orientation. So instead of the drone facing away from the pilot, it's facing towards the pilot. In an emergency, people don't think about the fact that the right stick is now inverted in controls and crashes happen all the time, right? So this is why a standardization of controls is so important, even a standardization of flight modes. But I hope the FAA comes out. I hope uh, they don't see us as poking the bear. And I hope they see us as a question that needs to be answered. Right, Haya? Yeah, and, and it's an important thing. I mean, if you're a Part 107 drone pilot and you start using the Skydio 2 drone for commercial missions and something does go wrong, you will likely be held liable. The insurance might say, hey, you're not compliant with Part 107, so we're not going to cover you. So you might be on the hook as the pilot, but even one step further, Skydio might be on the hook because if it turns out that not the pilot is to blame and also the pilot might not have the deep pockets that somebody is looking for they might well go after skydio so if skydio starts selling a bunch of these drones and uh, these kind of situations happen they might actually be in hot water themselves i think well i think we just need to be intellectually honest in the tech industry and i think otherwise people are going to have problems they're going to have crashes and let's solve these problems before there's a crisis right let's build consumer trust rather than break it down that's i think an important thing to be said but Haya, as far as uh, flight school and YouTube videos, well, again, it's great that you know people are trying to educate the industry and, and be smart, but it begs the question, 
based off of the questions that we've asked in our articles and you've been asking in your articles, where does that leave these videos and their ability yeah. to teach? Yeah, and uh, if I can chip in one more thing, uh, in the article that I wrote about uh, Skydio Flight School and Drone Excel, I also posted a video from people that are driving their new Tesla Model 3 on full autopilot through an urban environment with the Skydio 2 following it, also flying itself. And it's, 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 it's impressive to see how the Skydio is able to keep up because this is all full of power lines, three branches and whatnot. And at some point you see the drone kind of getting stuck and it still is able to figure its way out and catch up to the car. So what the drone can do is pretty phenomenal. What those people are doing, driving their car, flying the drone in an urban environment is, is borderline reckless, I would say, or is reckless. One of the things that Skydio points out as well is that the Skydio drone is able to navigate around fixed obstacles, not moving obstacles. So it's not necessarily going to avoid another oncoming car or truck in your way. It's not going to avoid a kid on a bicycle necessarily. So even though this drone is pretty amazing in what it can do, it's not foolproof. And this video is... I I don't know exactly how long it is, but let's say 10 minutes. It's, it's quite a drive uh, and it, it ducks and it dives and avoids all kinds of obstacles. But it's just a matter of time before something goes wrong. I mean, it's it's too obvious. Haya, are you also trying to say that maybe the marketed features of this drone are causing people to take risks that maybe they would not have taken previously in the drone industry? Yeah, I think so, uh, to be honest. I mean, if you look at the promotional videos from Skydio and the way they advertise that you can use these drones following somebody on the snowmobile following you or flying ahead of you, so the drone is flying backwards, which makes it less capable of, of uh, navigating around obstacles. When somebody is charging down the hill on a mountain bike, those are the use cases that this drone is advertised with. And if you look on YouTube, that's exactly the kind of stuff that people use these drones for. Even uh, Casey Neistat's video the other week when he's riding his electric bicycle along the uh, the beach in, uh, I think it was Los Angeles, you see the drone clearly hovering and flying over other people. So I think Skydio in, the, in that sense is kind of setting the wrong example by showing like, hey, this is awesome. This is how you can have your own self-flying action camera, which uh, technologically speaking, yes, it's an amazing feature, but using that in real life situations is not always a great idea. And some of these most recent videos where the drone is following a Tesla and the car's on autopilot and the people in the car are so focused on what the car is doing, and then also somebody's flying the drone, but they're, they're, they're hardly paying attention to that because, hey, that thing will fly itself, right? We don't need to worry about that. I think that totally sets the wrong example. And that is not what uh, responsible and safe drone flying is, is, is all about, I think. Couldn't agree more, Haya. It just seems like we're raising more questions uh, that need to be answered. And I hope we get some answers. Yeah, totally agree. Well, thank you again for joining me for another edition of the news show uh, I was hoping to have a little bit more snow behind me, but we didn't get the snow up here. Flew a little south. So, Haya, thank you again for joining me. Appreciate it, man. Hey, no worries. And uh, looking forward to doing another show with you next week. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, I will talk to you soon. Thank you again, everyone, for joining us today. Please don't forget to subscribe, share the show. And if you think that we're asking a valid question, well, ask someone else in the drone industry. Get their opinion. Share the show. Let us know what you think in the comments below. That's going to do it for us today. Ladies and gentlemen, again, thank you for joining us all the way from New York, the Flying Dutchman, and all the way from Colorado, Taken Flight. Thank you again for another edition of Ask Drone You News. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds 
have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.